Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. y'all and welcome back to gems podcast for those of you that are new to the community i am miss genesis amaris kemp the founder and host for those newbies welcome in you're in for a treat with me today in the hot seat is kayla mcguire and we are going to be dishing up things about postpartum motherhood and all that jazz but before we do let me tell you a little bit more about who kayla is get ready get ready get ready so, Kayla McGuire is a teacher turned stay at home parent, turned podcaster, and birth educator who lives in Northern Virginia with her family. After going through pregnancy and the fourth trimester, Kayla started Parent, parent Tell, a podcast dedicated to sharing all types of pregnancy and parenting experiences, but particularly those that are not yet discussed enough in mainstream. Through her (laughs) podcast, Kayla provides a safe and inclusive space to parents and tell about. Yes, because we want to hear the whole tea. It is Kayla Pope that candid conversations about birth, postpartum, and the mental load of parenting, to name a few, will help to normalize the often hard to discuss realities of raising a child, resulting in more support, grace, and acknowledgement of and for parents. Kayla recently became a certified birth educator and is now offering birth classes through her new venture, Not Your Mama's Birth Class. Classes are available in person in the D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia area, as well as virtually. Yes, Kayla is excited about these classes as they are honest, detailed, and aim to empower birthing people and their partners. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Kayla McGuire. (laughs) I think that was the best intro I've ever had. And that was also the first time I think I've heard my bio read out loud. Like that was just so great. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. And I'm so happy to be spilling the tea with you. So one thing that I like to do is allow my guests to connect personally and professionally with the audience. So I do that by one or two ways on my show. We could either do a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Let's do rapid fire. I think that's so fun. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Kayla and Genesis. Question one. What's one thing you wish somebody would have told you about becoming a mom? Sometimes you're really going to hate it, but that doesn't mean (laughs) that doesn't mean you hate your child. You just hate how hard all of it is. Question two. Favorite color. Black. Question three. Favorite food. French fries. Question four. If you could trade places with anyone, would you trade places or remain yourself? Oh, I would remain myself. Question five. What's one piece of advice you go, you would go back in time and give your younger self? Oof. <laughs> um, it's okay not to be okay. Such a cliche, but it's okay not to be okay. Six. 
the vibes are nice. You're in your car. You're blasting out your favorite song. What are you blasting out to? Honestly, I'm probably playing my labor and delivery playlist, which I still play from time to time. It's a lot of Tupac on there. There's a lot of Missy, a lot of Mariah. So I'm really listening to that all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to hit you with this question. Question seven. What is your favorite Tupac song? Um, oh my gosh. It might be, I am mad at you. That's just like, I hear that song. Do, 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 do. And I'm just like, I'll stop everything I'm doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like the one, the one song. I, I think it's Dear Mama where it says, doesn't it mm. feel good, feel good putting money in your mailbox, paying the rent when the rent's due. I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one too. Now that I'm a mama, I was like, oh my gosh, I could resonate with this. I want somebody to put a diamond necklace in my mailbox and pay <laughs> and pay not pay my rent, pay my mortgage when my mortgage is due. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes joke and my son, he's two and a half, he loves baseball. And I'm like, yep, that's right. Let's go. Let's get a career going. Buy me a house. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> not that you owe it to me, but like, I'll take it. <laughs> So I think we're on question A, right? Keep me honest yes. here. So question A, would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hell? Let's go big and have both. Um, I'd rather have a dream home. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Question nine, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Oh my God. Um, Robin Williams. He is hilarious. Well, he was hilarious. And when you said Robin Williams, I thought about the movie RV. <laughs> so fun fact, my son is actually named Robin. He's not named after Robin Williams, but it is just like a nice perk because he is, he was one of my favorite actors. Amazing. And yeah. question 10, boom, boom. Here are the rules. So if you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me any question. If you play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Play. Okay, last question. So everything is going nice and you found out you hit the lottery. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. However, you must donate to three charities of your choice before you get the proceeds released. What charities are you contributing? I probably am not saying their names right, but I would donate to the biggest charity for animals. Then I would donate to, well, it's not a charity. I would donate to Planned Parenthood. And then I would donate to a charity that, um, works with domestic violence victims. Amazing. And now we have wrapped up rapid fire and the connection part of our segment. So audience, I hope you learned a little bit more about Kayla McGuire. Now we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of our segment. And yes, I call it meat and potatoes because I'm a Southern belle and I love to eat. So the meat and potatoes, we're going to spend time talking about postpartum parenthood and motherhood because it is a hell of a journey but it's worthwhile once you see and hold your precious bundle of joy or if you have multiple bundles of joy so <laughs> Kayla let's talk about postpartum here so you have a two-year-old so do you a two-year-old son I have a four-month-old daughter 
And we have both been down this birthing process. And some people didn't even realize that the fourth trimester is a thing. And mm. there's baby blues, there's um, postpartum depression. And sometimes people aren't really sure if they're having the baby blues or if they're dealing with postpartum depression. So can you give us a glimpse into how you handled your fourth trimester and what was that like for you? Sure. <clears throat> so um, early postpartum was really, really hard for me. Uh, I keep having to remind myself at this point because, you know, it was, it was two and a half years ago and our brains love to protect us and help us forget things. But um, I did give birth to my son in May, 2020. So of course everybody's doing the math there. It was prime pandemic and that in itself was traumatic. And then having a baby in general was a huge transition. So early postpartum was really hard for me. I thankfully was, I made myself very aware before I gave birth of the signs of postpartum depression. And I kind of educated myself about what the baby blues were. And, um, I am already predisposed to depression and anxiety because I do suffer from that just in my regular life and pre-pregnancy. And so I told my husband, if I ever seem really off to you, like, please, because you know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And, um, I told him, please like help me and, you know, gently talk to me and say that maybe we need to go see someone. Um, <laughs> baby blues, it needs to be giving a different name. Like that name isn't accurate, but it, I would say it's like hormone drop off. <laughs> That's like a better, yes. Where you're just like, they kick you off a cliff and they're like, bye, best of luck to you for the next two weeks. Um, it was, I had a crying chair. That's what I called it. Um, my son's like rocker in or glider in his room for the first six days, like at least once a day, just sobbing in that chair. And um, I remember knowing like, okay, yes, this is baby blues. But also at the same time, you're so caught up in it. And it was just like, you're just not okay. You're crying because you're sad. You're crying because you're happy. You're crying because you're frustrated. You're crying because you're never been more sleep deprived in your entire life. So early postpartum, and by early, I would say the first four weeks. When I say early, that's what I mean. It was really hard for me, but I did notice around the 10, 12 day mark, I wasn't crying as much anymore. <laughs> and I was, so it was a relief to know that, okay, that I do only, you know, quote, only have baby blues and it is starting to go away. Later on in my journey, probably around the 11, 11 month mark, 10 month mark, I realized that I had postpartum anxiety actually. Um, yeah. And that was, that was something I previously was unaware of that even existed because that's something that no one talks about either. So we can, that's kind of a different answer. That's for a different question, but yeah, that was my experience. It was really hard, but it does, the baby blues do lift. And it really does behoove you to educate yourself before that baby comes out and know the signs in general of baby blues versus something like postpartum depression. And thank you for sharing your personal journey, because sometimes we as women and mothers, sometimes we don't always want to share what's going on with us because, you know, moms and women in general can be snarky. They like to pass judgment or be like, I would never do that as a mother or whatever. And, and yes. And, <laughs> and 
it's and it's hard because your emotions are already high. Your body has changed drastically, whether you had a vaginal birth or a cesarean. So you're dealing with that. And, you know, then you see all these people on Instagram and social media, they have, oh, girl, I got that snapback. And I'm like, really? Because I don't think my body just snapped back just like that. No. And even though I'm not a larger size woman, I'm very petite, but those stretch marks just don't go away instantly or whatnot. But, and you think about it, you know, my body has transformed to carry a beautiful baby and it's not always going to go back to how it was pre-baby. You go work at it, but if you want a quick fix, of course, yeah, you could go hit up that doctor and, you know, fork out a, a cash load of money, but then there may be complications. And part of that, excuse me, can be part of the baby blues because you're thinking about, you know, lack of sleep. You're thinking about, you know, your body and how your body has transitioned and transformed, which I like to call my TNT, my personal explosive, trans transitioning and transformation. Then you think about, okay, your your spouse, whenever it gets time to, you know, that period where you want to bring sexy back, like JT, you may not feel like being touched because you may be agitated. You're hot, you're cold, and I'm not... <laughs> You're hot, you're cold. And I'm not just talking about the Katy Perry song here. Uh, you're just really facing that with, you know, how your body is going through hormonal changes and trying to get recalibrated and balanced again. And then you have people saying, oh, you're depressed or have you considered having postpartum? But then you already have your physician asking you that when you go for your six-week follow-up at your OB. You have your a child's pediatrician asking you to fill out this 10 questionnaire for this system um, yeah. to see if you're struggling with postpartum. So everyone is telling you about, it. you don't need somebody else passing judgment on you, telling you that, that you may have postpartum, number one, if you're not a mother, number two, if you've never even considered popping something out of you or getting it pulled out of you, I'm going to need you to sit back and stay in your lane. And number three, if you had your kids 30 something years ago, times have changed. Yes, it's still motherhood, but times have changed. So I'm going to need you to respect me and respect my boundaries. And if you're not giving advice that is uplifting me, then just pocket that advice. And whenever I need it, I'll just put a quarter in and you'll spit it out like a little gumball. <laughs> yes, you hit so many good points. I think um, I have done so much work to like even remove the term bounce back from my vocabulary. Um, your body is even if you get, you know, even if you work yourself to the bone, your body's different. And I think a lot of the shift that needs to happen is just accepting that our bodies are different and changing that, like reframing it, that of why wouldn't my body be different? Of course it is. I grew a baby and an organ, and then I birthed both of them. Of, my, of course my body is different. Scientifically, once you give birth, your brain chemistry is different. There is proven research that you're, you are not the same person after you gave birth. So why do we expect ourselves to physically look the same after we gave birth if mentally, emotionally, we're not the same person? And it is really hard to come to terms with that, especially when you are bombarded on social media with you know, whatever they're called these days, like waist centers, waist trainers, belly bands, all of that stuff. And it's telling you you're not good enough. 
you don't want to like, you know, mom, you want to be a quote, cool mom because you want to look like your pre-baby self, but you aren't your pre-baby self anymore. So you don't need to look like your pre-baby self. I unfollowed a fair amount of people uh, shortly after I gave birth because, and I am always telling people, curate your feed. Social media is not terrible, but if you're not mindful of what you're consuming, it can be really harmful to your mental health, especially if you're in a vulnerable period like postpartum. I uh, specifically remember I unfollowed this one girl who gave birth, I think like a month after me, because I was doing this thing where I was comparing my postpartum body to the moms who had given birth around the same time as me. And I remember I unfollowed her shortly after I caught myself thinking she gave birth after me. Why does she look so much better than me? Why is she skinnier than me? And it took me a while, but eventually I was like, no, this is not good for my mental health. This is not making me feel good. And also it's not a competition. So I'm just going to go ahead and unfollow people who aren't making me feel good about myself and replace that with something like Tanks Good News or Postpartum Support International, some either like very light good news only feeds or accounts, and then some informational accounts. It really like, I love social media and I hate it at the same time um, because at a time like postpartum, it can be your best friend. It's awake with you at two in the morning when you're doing those feeds and you're scrolling. But then it's also in the back of your head when you see so-and-so who gave birth three weeks after you not wearing her pregnancy jeans anymore. Yes. And just like with the perky boobs, first of all, it's all fake. Like, and I don't mean these people are fake. I mean, everyone, as we sit up and like fix our boobs, everyone is curating their pictures to show you them at, at their best, which is why shouldn't they, why shouldn't we do that? I think that's great but you have to remind yourself that it's not real. I mean, like when you and I first got on the Zoom call, I'm like frantically cleaning this side of my desk so people don't see the clutter that I've piled up because, you know, the expectation is that everything is neat and clean and prim and proper and perfect. But you have to remind yourself that if your, if your shit looks whack, the other person's probably does too. We're all just doing a great job of hiding it. Yes, that part. And what I do now is like, I show up to the podcast since I do audio and video. Like today I have on my Vegas tea, sporting that tea. Under here, I have my nursing and pumping bra, which I will show y'all. I am rocking the nurse me mama bra. So right there, um, because this is motherhood and we're talking about motherhood series. So I'm I'm okay with being my authentic self because another mom is going to resonate with that. And sometimes you may have to work on your meeting, whether you're a solopreneur or a mompreneur, and you may be pumping and working if you choose to exclusively pump, or who knows, maybe you're bringing your baby and you're breastfeeding, or if you're not doing breastfeeding or pumping, maybe you're giving your baby a formula some formula you do what works best for you and don't feel mom guilt shame or remorse because another mama is doing something else because we are all genetically made up different but our differences is what makes us a wild card factor and I'm so glad that you and I here Kayla as one mom to another mom are talking about postpartum and having these honest conversations because our goal is to help other moms feel like they can do it too 
no makeup, natural curly hair. Yes, it's laid down because I literally had to brush it before I got on this because if not... <laughs> My hair will be all over the place because it's natural, curly, and it's thick. But this is momhood. Everything is not going to be prim and proper and put together. And like you said, Kayla, if it is put together, it's a filter, or you're only showing us what you want us to see. But then behind, you may be going through or tornado, but your followers think everything is prim, proper and perfect when you may be crying inside you may be screaming inside why can't we just be real like the song I woke up like this or there's a new social media app called be real where they're telling people to take snaps and quick videos of what they're doing in that instance because so many people are are feeling the societal norms and and pressures to act and be a certain way when in actuality is that really you? It, it's more like being a robot and because you're not showing up as your authentic self. And the minute that you keep showing up as somebody else and what they want you to be is the moment you start to die a little inside. Yeah, I think um, the people who, the parents and moms who want to be real are going to continue to be real and you attract what you put out there. And that's the main reason why I started the podcast, because when I became pregnant and I realized, you know, like I saw behind the curtain, I realized that it is not like, it's not cute all the time. And it is, it can be really difficult to be pregnant And while people are telling you, oh, but you're so lucky, enjoy every moment and you're miserable or you have perinatal anxiety like I did. And I just feel like the more people who can be real, the less isolated other people will feel because I ended up feeling really isolated because, you know, we paint pregnancy as like this picture perfect time and you're always wearing cute outfits and you like, Oh my God, what? I only gained like 12 pounds. And you're just like, your life doesn't change or your life isn't impacted at all by a pregnancy. And that's just not, that's just so far from the truth for not everybody, but for most people, I would argue. And I just realized that I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel alone anymore. And more importantly, I don't want other people to feel the isolation and the like just strange vulnerability that I felt. So I'm willing to put myself out there and talk about my stuff and talk about, you know, happy and sad, dark and light, because I know 100% there's always someone who's going to be nodding their head. Yes. And saying, Oh my God, me too. And now, you know, it's changed to like, Oh my God, your kid does that too. And I'm like, yes, isn't it so annoying? And that's another way to just feel more normal in in parenthood because parenthood can be really isolating no matter if you have friends or if you have social media and you have social media friends at the end of the day you want to feel like you're doing a good job because you love your kid and you can't feel like you're doing a good job if you feel alone so that's really just been my driving reason to you know selfishly I started it because I wanted to feel less alone and now it's shifted to I'm like everybody come on over don't be alone just be let's be together <laughs> and I love that because it depicts a sign behind you that says honest parent parenting only because 
as we know, parenting is a roller coaster ride. There's going to be highs and lows, upside down moments, roundabouts, drops, all of that. But the most important thing is, are you learning every step of the way? Because just like your child is learning you as a parent, you're learning more about your child. You're learning about your spouse because the person that you married back then at the altar or in the courthouse or wherever you got married is not going to be the same person whenever you bring a life in into the equation and there's going to be different seasons that you go through times where you feel like oh my gosh would he just shut the puck up or oh my gosh like seriously dude or whatever or seriously woman what however because it's hard and it is very and one parent may be the fun parent one parent may be the disciplinary parent oh my god I just had this discussion with my husband literally less than a week ago and <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one yeah. guess as to who's the fun parent I'll give you one guess it's me not see. me your husband <laughs> yes because yes. I think my husband is trying to be the fun parent too and I feel like I'm that helicopter mom but it's like I go to the pediatrician I do all this stuff. I do all the notes or whatnot. You're the business. Like yeah. I told him, like he, like, look, we can't have two fun parents. I get it. Everybody has their role. You can't have two fun parents. You can't because then you'll get nothing done. It'll be a shit show. You can't have two business parents because then there will be no fun and that kid will be miserable. So I get it. We all have our roles, but it is hard when you're not the fun parent because you do tend to feel you're not, not fun. You're just focused on the day-to-day. You're focused on the logistics. And a lot of times it ends up being the primary parent who's the business parent. And unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, in our society, we all know it's the mom. Yes. And boundaries. Let's talk about boundaries because there comes a times whenever you are a mom and a parent as a whole, where you have to set a boundaries for the extended family boundaries mm-hmm. for the in-laws and boundaries for people who are just sticking their nose where you didn't ask them to stick it. And sometimes you want to be like the movie stick it and just say, why don't you just stick it here? But then you're trying to be respectful and courteous, you know? So you being a mama and you're a little bit further along in the game than me. How do you set up boundaries just to make sure that you are respected, you're seen and you're heard, but then you also know where to let that person lay their stuff, so to speak. That's a really great question um, because it does take time. I will say like, that's the biggest thing. It takes time as you get further along in your parenting journey. And as your child gets older, you do gain this. Um, I used to call it mom-fidence, your mom confidence. And you learn to care a whole lot less about what other people say, think, and feel. But before you get to that point... <laughs> Before you get there, it is really hard. (laughs) You know, I feel like in those early months, you are figuring it out. Like you said, the child is learning you and you're learning how to be a parent. It's a really vulnerable time. And unfortunately, if you gave birth 30 years ago, or if you've never given birth, you're not necessarily thinking with that lens. And so comments sometimes will be exchanged or suggestions, and I'm using air quotes, or advice will be given. That is the least helpful thing that someone could say to a new parent. And I actually spent a lot of time. So I'm a big proponent of talk therapy. I talk about it on my show all the time and about setting boundaries, especially with my in-laws is a topic that my therapist and I talked about often because I 
had the boundaries, but I didn't have the verbiage to go along with them. So if I was confronted with a scenario, I would just be like, so caught off guard. I would end up just kind of going along with it. And then later, you know, like vent to my husband and be like, I can't believe that like, this is inappropriate. Um, practice. Like this sounds so dumb, but literally practicing what you're going to say in your head. If someone violates a boundary, like let's go with like, if someone tells you like, this is a big one that I used to have to deal with and not anymore. Cause they know now not to ask me, but if someone keeps saying you need to give that baby a sibling, when are you having another one? So are you going to have another baby? Oh, cause I already know you've been asked that you're only four months postpartum. Like you barely left the fourth trimester. And I already know people have asked you that multiple times. People probably asked you that when your baby was two weeks old, like, <laughs> yep. I already know. I already know. So, <laughs> so that used to be a big issue for me. And I, part of my issue was that like, I felt so uncomfortable. I would just kind of freeze up, but now I've worked to, I literally practice saying like, I, my fertility is not open for discussion. Our family is really happy where we are right now. You know, like key phrases. And again, like my therapist helped me with that. And the more you use them, like it's so uncomfortable the first couple of times, but then you feel so good afterwards. And often the person is not expecting you to hold a boundary that they're so thrown off that they immediately drop it because they're not used to, they're not used to people being like, oh no, I'm so sorry. That's really inappropriate. Can you please get out of me in my husband's bedroom? Thanks. Like they're not used to hearing that. And so it'll stop them dead in their tracks. And then you're like, killed it. All right. <laughs> I love that. And I, I'm going to have to borrow that from you because this, <laughs> this right here, this mount gets me in trouble because I'm like, there's a faux pas. There's a word vomit or there's Genesis. She's going back to BC before Christ. Now, now I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay AC after Christ. But, but then they got me half acting kind of half holy, half hood. So I'm like teeter tottering, <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, let me keep it together because that is so true. People are like, when are you going to have another baby? And one of my girlfriends, she's hilarious. She was like, you should tell them, when are you going to lose weight? Or when are you going to drop that, <laughs> drop that, uh, that baby weight that you have or something like oh, that. Yeah. But that's, that's rude as hell. So now I'm, just, <laughs> after you said that, I, I thought about the Lizzo song, feeling good as hell. <laughs> <laughs> It is. And it's quite simple as like, I mean, a lot of times people would ask me and I would just, I would give like a non-answer, but unfortunately that gives them permission to keep going with the conversation. And you kind of just have to move past that uncomfortableness and, you know, advocate and just say, you know, I'm actually not comfortable talking to you about that, but if that changes, I'll let you know. Yes. And there's a way that you say it that is, you know, PC politically correct but it also le lets them know like don't ask me that because oh, you're yeah. totally crossing a line so I like how you said my fertility is not up for discussion thanks huh. or uh, my family's really happy right now and we're we're in a really great place so that's like puts a period there like and eh, yes done, end of discussion on. yes yeah, absolutely so now that we've talked a little bit about everything, we're definitely going to have to have a part two because it seems like you and I could really be spilling the tea, but I want to be respectful of your time, Kayla. So let's jump into the CTA, which is the call to action because you have your podcast and you have so many other things that you have going on on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. So let the audience know what your call to action is for them today. So 
That's tough. Uh, and when I saw that question on your form, I was like, uh, like I was stuck for a second. I, because it's so, I don't know, it's like so multifaceted. And I feel like to put it simply, I think we just need to have honest discussions about pregnancy, parenting, and postpartum more. And it doesn't stop just there with parents. It's with non-parents as well, because that is how truly that is how things get more normalized. And that's when you think big picture, that's when family leave like that. I'm talking big, big picture. Like if people truly understood what happens to you when you have a baby, no matter how you have that baby, I think a lot more respect would be given to families and that would have huge, huge positive ramifications down the line. Universal childcare, paid family leave across the country, like genuinely. And I, if people understood that it's not a walk in the park, your maternity leave is not a vacation. Giving birth is not easy, no matter how you do it. And it demands attention, care, and respect. And I think if people did those three things, then we down the line would see real legislature happen to make our lives and our kids' lives better. Yes. And one thing that I want to chime in here, because this is a heavy topic, but parents, anyone who's listening, know what your parental rights are. There is a bill where in the U.S. they're trying to get us to get more paid time off, whether it's maternity maternity leave or paternity leave for the dads, because both parents do need a leave of time, depending on which parent is the breadwinner or whatever. And in Canada, where my family lives, they get a year off pay that part. And then understand like for those moms, whether you're nursing um, and you're breastfeeding, you're pumping or whatnot, does your facility have a nursing room where you could go and not a bathroom? No, I was where, just going to say not a bathroom, not a bathroom stall. Mm-mm. A nursing room. Another thing is know what your birth plan is and advocate for yourself when you are in L&D, labor and delivery, because you should be seen and heard because you are the patient. And yes, of course, the doctors, the nurses and et cetera, they're going to do whatever they can, but you have rights too. So know what your rights are as a patient. That's very important because when you don't know what your rights are as a patient, they're going to want to try to shoot you up, dope you up, drug you up or whatever. And you may not necessarily want the medicine. You may want to do it naturally. So you could have that one hour uninterrupted skin to skin contact or whatever the case may be. So know that you are your greatest asset and you truly matter. So I want you to take the reins back and pull yourself back. Like the song Chingy says, every time I try to leave, something keeps pulling me back, pulling me back. So I want you to pull yourself back, y'all. And I like to have fun. This is a heavy topic, but Kayla dropped the ball on so many things. And now I'm going to turn it back over to Kayla so she could plug her website, her podcast, so you could learn more about Kayla and what she's doing, because this is not going to be our first conversation. We're going to have another one. So go ahead, (laughs) Kayla. 
Yes. As you were talking, I was like, yeah, we really, I was thinking, yeah, we really do need to have another conversation. Um, I talk all about childbirth rights and consent in my birth class. Actually, that is part of the class. So I right now do two things. So I have the podcast that's Parentel podcast. It's available on all streaming platforms and on Instagram at Parentel. I uh, just hit my two-year anniversary earlier this month or in early November. Yes. I've been doing it for a while and it's been really going great. Normalizing all this stuff that needs to be talked about more. And then my childbirth, if I put on my childbirth educator hat, so that website is notyourmamasbirthservices.com and it's not your mama's birth class. So we do have a winter virtual session coming up on January 7th, if you're interested in that. So if you're giving birth anytime between March and even early June, that is your time to take the class. And we're talking about the physiology of birth. We are talking about labor and delivery, all of your options. Nothing is excluded. We're talking about childbirth rights. And we're also talking about postpartum and the fourth trimester. And on Instagram, you can find me for there at not your mama's birth. Woohoo. And there y'all have it, Kayla McGuire. And you already know the drill. If you're following the community, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and follow. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. You can see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, my big ass is for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsors because it does take resources to keep this platform going. So if you want to learn more, reach out to the show by going to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp at gmail.com. And if you forget, it's the full name of the show at gmail.com. And I want to thank each one of you for being a part of this community. And as my remix to John Rule says, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank <laughs> each one of you for making this show ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million plus podcasts per the KPIs on www.listennotes.com. So signing out, your hostess with the Moses, Miss Genesis Amaris Kent, and my lovely guest, Kayla McGuire. Bye. Peace, love, <laughs> and lots of blessings. Peace out, y'all. Love you. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, a-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.